1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Sunday edition of The Best of Fight Back. More of what you want to hear from the week that was. This has turned into an ongoing conversation the need to improve pedestrian safety in Toronto. Over two evenings this past week, there were two more pedestrian deaths. On Monday night, 17 year old Sammy Kumar was killed after he was crossing near Confederation Drive and Scarborough Golf Club Road. Then on Tuesday night, 65-year-old Mohamed Chowdhury was hit by a vehicle near Pharmacy and Danforth Avenues and later died in hospital. Those deaths brought to 29, the number of pedestrian deaths this year, following 41 deaths on Toronto streets last year. While filling in for Libby on Wednesday, I spoke with Dylan Reed, co-founder of Walk Toronto. Unfortunately I'm not
2: surprised because um, until this year there wasn't really any significant attempts to uh, address the problems that uh, caused pedestrian deaths. So um, what we're seeing is basically there was a, an attempt at a road safety plan two, and two or three years ago and it wasn't really very significant. And uh, we lost three years, and, um, you know, a lot of people have died. Um, and now we have a, a somewhat better plan, um, but it's going to take a while to implement. And in the meantime, the problems are still there. And the problems we're seeing in Scarborough especially are these wide roads yes. and, and very fast roads. And they're just uh, a death trap for pedestrians. In the meantime, what, one thing that we do need is enforcement. So there's been a couple of uh, studies in the media that show that the police enforcement has dropped by about two-thirds in the last four or five years. Um, Police just aren't out there uh, checking, and I think what that means is that bad drivers uh, feel a sense of entitlement. They feel like they're not going to get caught, and they can go away with whatever they want. Um, So, you know, what we'd love to see uh, while we're trying to get all these other measures in place is consistent enforcement. I mean, the police went out to one of these locations uh, and caught, I think, five drivers in 20 minutes or something. uh, after, after that boy was killed. Yes. Um, but we need to, but they just do blitzes. They do these little things. Uh, and there's not that sense that the police are kind of out there looking out for people driving fast. And the fact is that, you know, as many or more people are being killed by bad drivers as they are by gun, you know, gun violence. That's so it really right. is something that we need the police to kind of be on top of. Um, so that would be a great thing to kind of get going at least and get going right away. Uh, another another key thing is it's not just about the city. So there's two there's things that the province and the feds can do as well. Um, the province uh, there's a move to introduce a vulnerable road users law, which would mean that if a driver is breaking the law and kills a pedestrian or a cyclist. They would be faced criminal charges and would probably have to go to do community service and retraining. Um, at the moment, what happens often is that they might get a fine for, you know, illegally turning, and they might get a $500 fine and, you know, someone's dead. Um, so we really uh, want the province to do step in. And then the federal government has things like uh, regulations about uh, vehicle designs. So they could force uh, trucks to have sidebars quite a lot of people get killed when trucks are turning right um, and don't see pedestrians. Um, you know, so the federal government could step in with regulations as well that would improve that kind of safety. So we really need all of the government to be stepping up on this. What,
1: uh, what do you expect to come out of today's meeting as uh, Toronto Mayor John Tory speaks with the head of construction companies about uh, the big trucks in and around Young and Eglinton that have resulted in traffic deaths? Well, you know, the city could have
2: introduced rules that uh, new construction zones have to introduce a safety plan years ago, and, and they didn't. Um, so what I'm hoping is that the city will you know, talk to them, sure, but go ahead right away and say that you can't start a big construction project until you have a safety plan in place. And, you know, we'll actually have bylaw enforcement officers go by to make sure that that safety plan is being implemented. Um, it seems really obvious, and yet somehow we have not required that, especially in a city like Toronto where there's construction everywhere, right? Like, there's there's no reason why we shouldn't have As part of that construction, there's a whole bunch of paperwork they have to do. Why not file one that says, this is how we're going to make sure that this construction project is going to be safe for pedestrians?
1: What do you think is going right in the cities around the world where Vision Zero has been adopted and has been successful in reducing traffic deaths? Well, uh,
2: New York's a great example, and there's a couple of things. First of all, it's comprehensive in New York. So they have been decreasing speed limit across the city, not just in a few locations, but across the city. Um, speed speed limits are being reduced, and they have increased enforcement, and they've, they've changed. So we kind of need a change of mentality. At the moment, the mentality in the city, um, and in a lot of, of people, is it's all about traffic flow, and we need to change that to being all about safety. And that's what New York did. They changed the way the whole city operated from thinking about you know it's important to get traffic moving to it's important to make sure that everyone is safe, and that includes uh, drivers as well, of course. Um, you know, and so, you know, maybe give up a few extra minutes of your time on your commute for a much, much safer commute where no one's going to get killed. We really need a whole series of different things to happen. Um, and it's good that the city started making movements, but there's so much more to do.
1: Dylan Reed, co-founder of Walk Toronto. I'm Jane Brown. You're listening to the best of Fight Back. That same day, Mayor John Tory was meeting with representatives of construction companies to talk about the increase in pedestrian collisions involving big trucks. And the number of fatalities involving transport trucks keeps rising across the province. The day after the mayor's meeting, Libby Snymer was joined by the city councillors whose areas have been hit the hardest. Councillor James Pasternak for Ward 6 York Centre, Councillor Mike Cole, Ward 8 Eglinton Lawrence, and City Councillor Jay Robinson for Ward 15 Don Valley West.
3: We largely focused Libby on the Young Eglinton area. You and I again have talked about that area and the unprecedented level of intensification happening there. As a result of that, and I'm not very happy about that, what um, the mayor did is he convened a meeting of the various stakeholders and players in in the um, construction business to talk about what could be done. And the focus was really on coordination and communication. And... um, you know, we've, we've done a lot already. It's not like we haven't been working on these things, but I, for instance, I'm, I'm focused on developments, developments in my ward and other counselors, Matlow and Cole, are focused on developments in their ward. What the mayor was trying to do is wrap it up as a package and ensure that, um, there's almost a concert master. And that's uh, what I had said yesterday, kind of dictating who's doing what when. So there's not uh, uh, really a surge of activity in one neighbourhood, and and particularly trucks.
1: Councillor Mike Cole, were you satisfied from what you heard yesterday? Because I know that what you guys want optimally is, is a, a bit of a halt, uh, you know, a pause in all this construction in Midtown.
4: Yeah, well, I think what we want and what the community wants is... Uh, for the industry, uh, whether it be the industry involved in building all the uh, high-rise condos or the industry involved in building the largest uh, transit project in North America, that's Crosslinks, uh, that they've got to stop and think that, you know, this is not working for the benefit of the community, and especially it is making the community very unsafe. So we want you to stop and help us work with you to deal with this uh, scary reality we face. So I think that's what they did uh, yesterday in the meeting called by the mayor is uh, they agreed that they want to work with the police, work with the mayor's office, work with our transportation department uh, officials who are already working there, but in a more coordinated way Uh, where they're talking to each other, they're developing better strategies, and they're uh, also going to be doing more compliance. uh, That is enforcement of the laws, because right now, whether it be trucks that are turning corners and uh, with their back wheels on the uh, curbs, or whether it be uh, people parking uh, illegally on the uh, corner streets, blocking sight lines for pedestrians or other drivers, that that there be enforcement, too, by the police. So, That's already underway, so it's not a matter of waiting for these long, long long-term plans. Uh, We got the message uh, across, and I think everybody agreed yesterday at the table, that we need to uh, look at this in a very, very serious, concerted way uh, that has been uh, pushed uh, onto everybody's agenda, uh, especially in the young Eglinton area.
3: Counselor Pasternak, so again, are, are you
1: satisfied that this is actually going to come together within a few weeks, as promised?
5: Well, the problem at this time of year is you, you've got a perfect storm. You've got uh, construction projects racing to beat uh, the winter freeze, where it's very expensive, if not impossible, to lay many forms of concrete. You've got the schools going, uh, going back. And you've got most of the commuter intensification occurring as well. Uh, pausing of construction unlikely to happen. Unlikely to be held up by the court. If it uh, occurs at uh, Young and Eglinton, it could occur in other pockets in the city. And uh, although it's although it's a nice thing to, to to wish for, it's it's unlikely to occur because much of the planning uh, regulatory framework is controlled by the province. Look. The changes in this city are astonishing. And what we have to do is we have to manage that change better. Uh, We have to be more thoughtful on what we're approving, uh, more thoughtful about how we, uh, the restrictions we put on on the uh, movement of vehicles and materials in and out of these construction sites. And making sure that pedestrians know the risks uh, as well.
1: That was Councillor James Pasternak for Ward Six York Centre and the Chair of Infrastructure and Environment Committee. Councillor Mike Cole for Ward Eight Eglinton Lawrence and TTC Chair and City Councillor Jay Robinson, Ward Fifteen Don Valley West. I'm Jane Brown and this is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. Rider safety was the priority topic at a meeting of TTC Commissioners early in the week. Members voted unanimously to call on the governing PCs. At Queens Park to approve using exterior cameras on streetcars to catch drivers who fail to stop when riders are getting on and off streetcars. The motion was brought forward by TTC Chair Jay Robinson, whose bid has been echoed by NDP Transit critic Jessica Bell. She joined me on Fight Back along with Sheila Pisey-Allen, Executive Director of TTC Riders.
6: Well, we are supportive of the call to the provincial government to change the regulations so that the TTC can install safety cameras on streetcars. We think it's a very simple step that would deter drivers from speeding past open streetcar doors. And it's so important because we know that people are being hit by drivers who are speeding past open doors when they disembark from streetcars.
1: Let's talk about how prevalent that is. How often is that kind of thing happening? Well, what we know from TTC
6: records is that between 2014 and 2016, 26 people were struck by a car or bicycle uh, when getting on or off a streetcar. But, you know, I I hear it all the time, and I personally can't count the number of times I've seen a driver whiz by. I think that it's very dangerous out there. Um, It seems that drivers speed up when they go by a streetcar to get past it. And it happened to me just last week. If I hadn't have paused and really made sure cars were stopped, I would have been hit. Um, So It's very dangerous.
1: When you're about to get off the streetcar, is there some sort of announcement that makes sure you look both ways before you step down onto the road? Often, there will be a bell on on, uh, the streetcar, but there's no
6: announcement. I think it's something that streetcar users have learned to do, to Mm -hmm. look both ways, because it happens so often that cars drive past open doors. But, you know, the door... um, on the older streetcars will swing out and there's a stop sign. But that's not enough to prevent cars from whizzing past streetcars.
1: Okay, we do have NDP Transit critic Jessica Bell on the line. So what uh, has prompted you to really push uh, the government at Queen's Park to make this change to the Highway Traffic Act?
7: Last week, uh, a young woman was hit by a dump truck. Uh, that is uh, a stop that's in my riding of University of Rosedale. I've also had many uh, calls from uh, residents' associations uh, and parents who are really concerned about the safety of using streetcars. Everyone has a right to get on and off the streetcar and know that they're not gonna be uh, hit or injured as they make their way to the sidewalk. It's really that simple. We know our safety cameras work Uh, It's worked well in other cities, and it's
1: time to bring those safety cameras here to Toronto. What is it that we need to change so that uh, the footage from the cameras can be uh, used to catch drivers who violate the the rules? It's a little unclear. The new
7: uh, low-floor streetcars do have external cameras, and they are used by the police to track down uh, crimes. So they could be used uh, to find and find and and find drivers who are breaking the law. We also know uh, that the provincial government just approved for safety cameras to be installed on school buses all across the province and many regions are moving uh, forward with installing safety cameras on school buses. So if we find that the uh, cameras that are already on the low floor streetcars are not working for this purpose, it would be very easy to do what other uh, municipalities are doing and install new external safety cameras on streetcars to make sure that riders are safe. Uh, Bring about road safety, it does speak to the need for proper education for everyone, as well as uh, infrastructure changes like separated uh, bus and uh, streetcar lines. I do want to say that safety cameras have worked very well in other cities. They serve to work as a deterrent. If a driver knows that they will be fined uh, if they uh, break the road rules, uh, then they are definitely uh, less likely to do it. And while I do say that, um, you know, like like you and myself, um, I certainly look before I exit a streetcar. we also need to bear in mind that there are some people who cannot look. When we did a press conference uh, last week, we had a lady called Daniela Levy-Pinto. She is blind. Uh, she depends upon the goodwill of drivers to obey the law in order for her to exit the streetcar and reach the sidewalk safely. And when we're des- thinking about road safety, we also need to think about the people who who uh, who cannot who cannot see.
1: That is a good point. Visually challenged riders uh, are completely relying on uh, the drivers who share the road. And Sheila Pisey-Allen of TTC Riders, your final comments.
6: You know, the bottom
1: line here is that taking public transit,
6: walking on our city streets shouldn't put our lives at risk. And so we're, we're really counting on... Minister of Transportation, Carolyn Mulroney, to allow the TTC to install safety cameras on streetcars. And if you'd like to add your voice and you're supportive of this, you can go to ttcriders.ca to send a message directly to the minister to add your
1: voice to this. Sheila Pisey-Allen, Executive Director of TTC Riders and Ontario NDP Transit Critic Jessica Bell. You're listening to the best of Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown. As part of a pilot project, the speed limit has increased on sections of three provincial highways. As of this past Thursday, the speed limit increased from 100 kilometers an hour to 110 on the QEW between Hamilton and St. Catharines, the 402 between Sarnia and London, and Highway 417 between Ottawa and the Ontario-Quebec border. While filling in for Libby on Wednesday, I was joined by OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt to talk about the change and what it means for drivers.
8: One thing that I think is um, an issue that needs to be addressed is how we share the road safely and properly. Uh, Regardless of the speed that you're traveling, if you can't share the road, that is where we start seeing a lot of problems uh, manifest themselves. Officers are going to be out there... uh, you know, in that area and in all areas across the province, conducting uh, enforcement as they do typically every single day. Uh, the threshold for what is uh, speeding has changed, and there's a 10-kilometer uh, variance in that. But uh, the overall rate of speed, uh, often we see cars going well in excess of 110 kilometers as well, and we all know that. Uh, and so one thing that people should be aware of is uh, if you are in that zone, And you think that, uh, you know, normally I'm driving uh, 120, 125, 130, uh, that, uh, you know, I have an extra 10 kilometers of buffer zone. That may not, in fact, be the case. And even with the stunt driving legislation that's in place, that usually requires drivers to be going 50 kilometers or more over the speed limit. But in this situation, the Highway Traffic Act has been amended that instead of having to go 160 kilometers per hour in this area, uh, a, a stunt driving legislation, stunt driving charge will still be levied uh, if you're going 150 kilometers per hour, which is excessively fast. Uh, but uh, people need to understand that you don't have 50 kilometers of buffer zone in that area before your license is suspended and your vehicle is impounded. You're certainly going to get traffic tickets uh, before that as well, but you only have 40 kilometers before you're going to get charged with free racing. And I guess one thing I really want people to realize is that there's a lot of different drivers out there that have different comfort levels of how fast they feel uh, they should be going. And I will tell you that on the QEW or the 401 or wherever you're traveling where the speed limit is 100, there are plenty of drivers out there that aren't as confident, and they're still driving 85 kilometers per hour and 90 kilometers per hour well under the speed limit. Uh, Maybe they're uh, a little nervous on busy highways with traffic all around them. Uh, Truck drivers are still limited to 105 kilometers per hour, and they go considerably slower when they're climbing up uh, grades and hills and over uh, bridges and so on. They will slow down. And so it comes down to that speed differential. And if you think that now you get to go an extra 10 kilometers per hour, a lot of drivers will not change their behavior because they already drive at a speed that they feel is uh, safe for them, which may be at the speed limit or even below the speed limit. And now we're going to have that speed differential, which is a very big problem for them.
1: Generally, when traffic flow is good, how quickly are people driving? Uh, For sure, they're going above 100.
8: Well, yeah, absolutely. And and depending even on what lanes you're targeting, with a laser device that I have to uh, measure the speed of vehicles, if I target vehicles uh, in the right lane, I will very, very uh, consistently get vehicles going at or below the speed limit. And you may not believe me, you think it's so uh, shocking, but uh, I'll maybe go out and uh, do a little bit of a, of a uh, update, social media post, You can you can see. It, it is uh, surprising. People always remember the car that uh, blew their doors off, going 130, 140, 150, but they seem to forget all the cars uh, that they passed that were going much slower than them. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is, you know, I challenge people on the highway right now, put your cruise control on at 100 kilometers per hour and see how long it takes for you to, to uh, bump into or get slowed down by slower traffic ahead of you. you oh, that's you're a in the good, right
1: lane. That's a good experiment. Yeah, it won't take long.
8: When it comes to transport trucks, I can tell you from the OPP that commercial vehicles and transport trucks are involved in about, 10 to 12 percent of all our crashes. So if you think that's the majority, uh, you're very mistaken in that. The, uh, the the brutal truth is that of those uh, 10 or 12 percent of uh, collisions, they represent about 20 or 25 percent of our fatalities. So when big trucks crash, uh, there is the potential for serious injuries because of their energy, but they only account for a, a fraction of the crashes, most of them, Most of the crashes we get called to are passenger vehicles, fender benders. Uh, We've had about 50,000 crashes already this year. Uh, A typical year has about 70 crashes and 70,000 crashes. And so, uh, you know, we're kind of, you know, within the the margin of, uh, of normal. But uh, again, that's far too many. And I just don't want to see those numbers increase mm-hmm. with uh, with speed and people not paying attention.
1: OPP Sergeant Carrie Schmidt. I'm Jane Brown. This is Zoomer Radio's best of fight back. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer brings you comprehensive coverage of the news stories that interest you and your reaction to them on the phones. We've gone through the audio. Here are some of the best calls of the week. Fred in Mississauga phoned to offer his suggestion to improve safety among truckers.
8: Photo radar was outlawed many years ago because everybody screamed it was a cash grab. I'm in favor of it. Truck drivers are not allowed to go on no heavy truck streets unless they have authority to make a delivery there. If they get caught, they're fined. And I don't know where the counselor is coming from that we need more
0: training. We have to go every five years. And now, Flight Back's Knockout Call of the Week.
1: There were a lot of great calls this week, but the winner of the fight back knockout call of the week comes from Perry in Toronto, who offers his personal perspective on Justin Trudeau's decision to wear black face in costume when he was younger.
9: I am a 73 and a half year old black man born in Toronto. I am surprised at Justin's actions regardless of what age, but having come from a knowledgeable, dare uh, say, brilliant family, he had to know what he did was demeaning. And it isn't the fact that he thought he was having fun, it was the fact that he was just going to do what he was going to do. Now, it didn't offend me that he would do it. It bothered me that he didn't show any insight whatsoever. And some of his campaign over the last four years just seems to be in the same realm that it's, Oh, well, I'm doing it anyway. He knew. He knew he he was going to get away with it. That's the life of privilege and arrogance. And we know arrogance uh, always comes crashing down. And also, you can't fix stupid.
1: That does it for this week's best of fight back on Zoomer Radio. If you'd like to qualify for the fight back knockout call of the week, phone us noon to one weekdays at 416 360 0740 on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Or if you have a comment, email us at fightback at zoomer.ca and follow us on Twitter at Fightback Libby. I'm Jane Brown. Join me again next weekend for a roundup of The Best of Fight Back.
0: The Best of Fight Back is produced by Jane Brown, Justin Eacock, and Zeev Hadi, with technical production by Kelly Robotham, executive producer Moses Nimer. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.